Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Last week, in a 6-3 Supreme Court ruling to uphold federal subsidies under the Affordable Care Act, Chief Justice John Roberts emphasized the key line in the decision. Congress passed the Affordable Care Act to improve health insurance markets, not to destroy them. And with the stroke of nine pens and several months or years of deliberation, the court upheld federal tax subsidies for low- and moderate-income people required to buy private health insurance. While this is very good news to us and the over 7 million Americans that would have lost their insurance subsidies, there's more work to be done. While profits are at record levels now for many in the healthcare industry, far too many people, the very patients nurses see every day, continue to remain without insurance or saddled with unpayable medical bills under a law that has few effective price controls and reinforces an unjust private insurance-based system. With us to talk about this decision and what it means is our Healthcare in America expert and executive director of Healthcare for All Colorado, Donna Smith. Donna, welcome and thanks so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Hello, Nurse Talk friends. How are you? We're great. How's the mile high, and I do mean high, state? (laughs) While you keep reminding us, we're, we're, we're mile high. You are mile high, and now are there rainbow flags everywhere as well, oh, I hope? Oh, absolutely. It hasn't been a remarkable week. In a the remarkable States. week. A beautiful, wow. beautiful week. So, yeah. Donna, tell us, how did the decision come about, and what was the case the court ruled on? Well, the, the Burwell case had been fought on really on the basis of four words that were in the Affordable Care Act that allowed subsidies for uh, individuals signing up for coverage on the state exchanges. So, of course... Those who were against the Affordable Care Act jumped on those four words and said that, well, they're obviously giving any subsidies to those who purchase insurance on the federally set up exchange is not the intent of the law, so we're going to sue mm. and, and make sure that people who signed up through the federal exchange can't get those subsidies. So that's where it really began, was was as a challenge to four words in the Affordable Care Act, which which tells you a little bit about the dysfunction of writing yeah, laws at the national level and that we all wonder why it takes so long. We sometimes call it sausage making. Well, this is part of the problem because lawyers dissect and, and intersect and do all the things that they sect and they come up with laws and their best intents are that everyone should be eligible for those subsidies. But the people who have long fought against Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act didn't like that, so they, yeah. they took it to court. Quite interesting. A thousand-page bill, and there's four words. And what were the four words? I didn't get that. On the state exchanges. On the state exchanges. And out of a thousand-page bill, they picked four words, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And yahoo, the Supreme Court came down on the right side, in my opinion. Yes, and wasn't that a fine use of public resources to do that? Oh, mm, yeah, Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about why this is a good thing. Well, it's such a it's a tremendous thing on a number of levels. First of all, and foremost, for the patients and policyholders who get to keep those subsidies that in in many cases were the difference between them having decent insurance coverage and having really substandard coverage because they would have still been required to have coverage, but obviously a, a lower middle income family that's getting a little bit of a subsidy as a help to buy is maybe going to be able to buy a policy that's a little bit better. The other thing that was going to be perhaps tragic about uh, the decision 
was that it would begin the dismantling of um, all of the Affordable Care Act because insurance companies, remember, they were very happy to get so many new policyholders. And if this ruling meant that a number of, of different people and around the country, perhaps millions, decided not to have coverage at all, they couldn't afford it, it would be a, a, a really a death blow to the Affordable Care Act, and, and it would go down. Um, that, in many camps of conservative views, was what was wanted, was for this, this, this ruling to create uh, this void that would take the law down. But thank goodness it did not do that. All right. So let's talk about what the current presidential candidates and how they responded to this decision. First, Jeb Bush. I'm disappointed in the Burwell decision, but this is not the end of the fight against Obamacare. Oh, isn't that fun? Right. It's going to go on forever. Ted Cruz (laughs) said any candidate not willing to make a 2016 referendum on repealing Obamacare should step aside. And he's so brilliant. Ted Cruz said, yes, SCOTUS affirms what we know is true in our hearts and under the law. And then Marco Rubio says Congress is forcing Obamacare on the American people. So whatever. And Carly Fiorina, it's outrageous that the Supreme Court once again rewrote Obamacare to save this deeply flawed law. Sure they are, yeah. And the bottom line is, once again, it has been saved. And, of course, this does not seem to deter the Republicans who want it repealed. Now, do you think this strengthens, if we have a a Democratic president following Obama, do you think this strengthens our ability then move to Medicare for all? I think it may move us uh, to more discussion that will get us there. I, I noted that Robert Wright this week called for uh, Medicare, at the very least, to be available for sale on the insurance exchanges so that people who would like to opt into Medicare could certainly buy that as their coverage, which, again, is not extending it to everyone, but the conversation is certainly opening up. The other thing that's opening it way up is the fact that Bernie Sanders is running for president. Now, whether or not you support the entirety of what Senator Sanders stands for, one of the things that he's speaking out very clearly about is the need for this country to move to an improved and expanded Medicare for all system. So it's, it's wonderful that we're going to have this discussion. The Republicans want to point towards we want to, we want to take it down, and most really thoughtful people, including many thoughtful Republicans, and there are some, they're just not on the crazy bus on the presidential side. <laughs> right. But, you know, they, you know, they really believe that the best thing is to improve. Are there things that need to be improved in the Affordable Care Act? Of course. And they could work to do that as well as move toward the Medicare for All system. Well, what kills me is Ted Cruz, who is against this, he and his wife got Obamacare when he decided to run for president. It just of course it, it amazes me that on the one hand he thinks that we need to overturn it and on the other hand he's taking it. Of course. <laughs> of course. The hypocrisy is outrageous. Yes it is. And so Donna, I'm I'm wondering you remember that thing called a public option. So how I would do. that work and is that possible with the current Obamacare? Well, I think it is if if states, you know, the the uh, the ability to have waivers so that states can develop their own innovative systems, including single-payer systems, kicks off in 2017. And while that may seem like a long way away, it's really a year and a half from now. And states could potentially set up a public option on their exchanges. Or if the country were to, in a moment of really thoughtful reflection, decide, as Robert Wright suggested, that perhaps we should open up Medicare to be purchased on the exchanges. Medicare is certainly a public option. 
So that's, that's something we could do. But again, I always have to remind people what nurses often know already is that ask for what you want because you're going to be fought anyway by those who are sure. going to dissuade you from getting it. So I think if what we want in the end is for everybody to be covered in the same equitable way by Medicare for All, that's where we start. And it's great. And I'm really glad that Bernie got into the race because he is going to push forward this idea of Medicare for all. And he's going to have that discussion, which is which is fantastic. I I hope that in 2017 we are smart enough to um, that some state will be smart enough to to push through uh, a public option. It would be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. And we noted here in Denver, uh, Bernie Sanders was here for an event last weekend, was the biggest event he's had so far. And what was interesting to me as I watched in the audience is the largest hand he got, the strongest ovation, was when he mentioned how poorly the United States performs, according to the World Health Organization, on health measures and how much we need to go to a Medicare for All system. That was the largest hand he got. That's great. That's great. And I think people should keep saying Medicare for all rather than single payer or even public option because people understand Medicare. Absolutely. Everybody looks forward to it. Everybody can't wait. I mean, people delay services till 65 so they can get them covered via Medicare. So if we just make it simple and do Medicare for all, I think it's it's easier for people to grasp and, and know what we're talking about. Exactly. So, Donna, with the election coming up in 2016, do you think health care is going to be a big issue? I mean, it, it sounds like it, but will the discussion from the Democratic candidates include the public option? Do you think anyone other than Bernie Sanders is going to talk about this? I think so. I think they're going to have to talk about it. I think, you know, the Republicans are going to keep pushing on the repeal argument, of course, and they're going to make that kind of their centerpiece for having a Republican president is that this person, when combined with a a Republican legislature in their hopes, would then be able to repeal the law. And you talk about a a ridiculous way to to look at this. But uh, that will force the Democrats to also respond and answer what, what things they would do to improve the Affordable Care Act and to move beyond the Affordable Care Act. I heard Wendell Potter uh, just yesterday on MSNBC was talking about the fact that Medicare for all, it makes the most economic sense for the country, too. So I think everyone is going to be talking more about it, and it will be up to the sensible people, including the nation's nurses, to put some sense into the discussion so it's not all political, so that those of us who aren't politicians can weigh in and say, you know, what we want our elected officials to do is to provide us all with equitable in incredibly sound health care, not necessarily everything everybody would want, like tummy tucks and nose jobs, if you're into those kinds of things, but making sure that we can all have access to a single standard of high-quality therapeutic care. Oh, or how about just some birth control for people? My goodness, that's oh, uh, my so gosh, under fire. Oh, that be nice? Now, Donna, so the Republicans in unison are against this Obamacare, but I have yet to hear a proposal from the Republicans about what they'd put in place. Have, oh, have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything really either. They Apparently, they keep saying they had a plan on the table, that they were That's ready they, with their plan. I heard Paul Ryan saying, we have a plan, but I never saw the plan. Right, and it's been six years, and we still have not heard anything about the plan. All we hear is that they want to get rid of Obamacare, but nothing in its place. 
yeah, the only thing I've ever heard folks say is that they, they would like to go back to the system that was more market-controlled so that consumers would have control over their future and so forth in health care. Well, going backwards is not an option at this point. It just is not. Yeah, that's so true. So, Donna, I want to get personal for a minute. Um, we've often talked about your bouts of cancer and how difficult it's been for you and Larry and your family, both financially and emotionally. Would you be willing to make an impassioned plea to our listeners as to why you want them to at least listen to a conversation about expanding Medicare? Well, of course. Um, Larry and I, I think, represent a, a good number of middle-class, hardworking families. Yes, you do. We've always worked and always carried insurance and always done everything the right way, if there's a right way to do it. At least we tried to, mm-hmm. to be responsible. And if people like Larry and I can, can go bankrupt once because of health care costs and health crisis while carrying insurance and disability insurance and a small health care savings account, and if people like Larry and I can also face the potential of a second bankruptcy because we face health crisis, this system must be fixed to one that doesn't allow that to happen to American families who've been working hard or to families who've had any kind of health crisis. It's not, it's not a humane way to act. And I think if, if nothing else, we found out this week, even through the Supreme Court that we all feared would do the wrong thing, I think what we found out this week is the vast majority of American citizens want an equitable, kind, humane society, and they're willing to fight for it. So I want to ask folks to join Larry and I and and all the nurses of this country who support going to a Medicare expansion in, in having the conversation and reaching a sound conclusion. I think that's so important, and so important because it shouldn't have to be between whether you want heat, to heat your house or to get medical attention, or to exactly. eat food, or get medical attention. Exactly. This, this country was built on the middle class, which is dying miserably. And one of the biggest reasons it's dying is because we don't have health care. Absolutely. Great. So, Donna, anything else you want to share? Uh, just to everybody keep, you know, keep yourself alert during this season. Uh, isn't it interesting? We've started the presidential campaign season earlier than ever. is oh, an exciting boy. for all of sure us. sure is. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's it's like it's like going into Walmart on Valentine's Day and they're playing Christmas music. And you're just like, Ugh. no kidding. I agree. It's very much like that. It's so hard, and the yes. people getting in the race, it can be it can be really tough. Yeah. I know. It's like, come on, really? It's only 2015. Please let us breathe. All right. Well, thanks so much for your help and all of your work, and uh, good luck to you. And we'll talk to you soon. Stay thanks healthy, so Donna. Much. Talk yeah. to you soon. All right. We've been talking with healthcare expert and activist Donna Smith. Donna is also the executive director of Healthcare for All Colorado. Visit healthcareforallcolorado.org, and we really appreciate her help. You're listening to Nurse Talk, and we'll be right back.